0: Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSight News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning,
1: beloved family. How are you doing? I pray that you're well, always, always, always. And I'm thrilled to be with you. God has given us another day to love Him, to know Him, and to serve Him, to fulfill our very purpose on earth. And He knows exactly what circumstances we need to do that. He knows Whatever trials we are under, whatever molding we need, whatever trust in him we need, and if all things of this world are taken from us, um, then we have him as we do now. No one will ever take God from us. No one can possibly take our faith from us. They can persecute us, but they cannot take our faith. They cannot take the love we have for him or for our families or for others. No one could ever can ever ever touch that um i read yesterday i didn't even finish the article yesterday but i'd like to today uh in life news uh an article written by peter kwasniewski a tremendous man of god family man um and he, it was the feast day of uh, St. Bonaventure, who he calls the greatest Franciscan doctor of the church, a contemporary of St. Thomas Aquinas, and that um, St. Bonaventure has a light, lot to tell us about our relationship with God. And the article he wrote is titled, Why the Divine Artist Made a World for Us. Why the Divine Artist Made a World from Us. This is from St. Bonaventure, and um, he um, he's just a magnificent saint, and many of us know very little of him, uh, and this article is perfect for where we've been reading at the beginning of the Baltimore Catechism, Volume 3, um, and I thought we'd take a break. We've been talking about um, the relationship between God and man, the relationship between um, uh created things and spirits um and uh why we're on the earth what is the end of man to know to love to serve god and um uh and so this article is right up why the divine artist made a world for us we could say who made the world well we know god made the world but why why? You know, we need to have a purpose in life. We need to know why the whys of things. We we can believe by faith. Apart from faith, we're going to know very little. We'll know facts, but we won't have a deep knowledge of them, and certainly not a love for them. Um, but I'm just going to read this article through to see if we can we can master it in our first half hour. Um, uh, Peter Kwasniewski says, the feast day of the greatest Franciscan doctor of the church, St. Bonaventure, falls either today, which was a couple of days ago, um, uh, as observed in the traditional Roman calendar for over 400 years, or tomorrow, on the mo- which is today, <laughs> on the modern Roman calendar of 1969. The Cardinal Bishop actually died on July 16th, which is tomorrow, uh, 1274, July 16th, 1274. But that date was already occupied by the higher-ranking feast of Our Lady of Mount Carmel, nicknamed the Seraphic Doctor. Saint, um, uh, rather, Saint Bonaventure, was nicknamed the Seraphic Doctor, the Angelic Doctor. Um... He is appreciated above all for his mystical writings, such as The Mind's Journey into God, The Tree of Life, The Life of St. Francis. Yet, he was also a formidable practitioner of the scholastic method who penned searching treatments of a wide range of topics, including creation, providence, the Blessed Trinity, the Incarnation, and the Virgin Mary. These writings deserve to be better known, together with those of his more celebrated confrere and exact contemporary St. Thomas Aquinas. What great men of the church that 13th century produced. Uh, Peter says, one of the most distinctive aspects of Bonaventure's thought is the attention he pays to the theme of art and the artisan using these concepts to illustrate truths about God as creator of the universe. St. Joseph was an artisan, the um, um, spouse of of our Blessed Mother. He was an artisan. Um, uh, For example, St. Bonaventure speaks of three fruits sought by the craftsmen of an artwork and says God seeks the same from human souls, which are his handiwork. This is kind of exciting for me to get into. Hold on just a moment. I lost something here. One moment. I shall. Here, yeah, I'm back. Okay. Um, and quoting uh, from St. Bonaventure, he says, Every art, uh, artificer who fashions, that's a craftsman, who fashions a work does so that he may derive praise Benefit or delight therefrom, a threefold purpose which corresponds to the three formal objects of the appetites a noble good, a useful good, and an agreeable good. It was for this same threefold reason that God made the soul rational, namely, that of its own accord it might praise Him, serve Him, find delight in Him, and be at rest. And this takes place through charity. Quote, he that abideth in it, in charity, abideth in God, and God in him, straight out of the scriptures. In such a way that there is found therein a kind of wondrous union, and from that union comes a wondrous delight. For in the book of Proverbs, it is written, quote, my delights were to be with the children of men, end quote. God made us for a relationship with him. He continues, Just as the craftsman orders his actions to a noble, useful, and delightful product so that through his works the artist may be honored and the recipient benefited, so the Almighty has ordered the whole creation to show forth the supreme nobility of the Creator, the necessity of following him and the delight of dwelling in his courts. The divine artist produced all lower creatures for the sake of man and man for the sake of himself. The appetites built into our nature are the threads the maker suspends from heaven in order to lead us and bind us to himself in friendship. Man's desire for the noble the useful and the agreeable are components of a single abiding desire to rest in beatitude, a threefold path to the attainment of perfection, a threefold reflection of the Creator's goodness. I just want to say, beloved, that, um, that no one, no human being can write this, what Peter Um, Kwasniewski has written I I, I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly Um, no one can written what he has written um, without knowing and loving and serving God this is not no one can intellectually by his intellect alone come to this no one can this is an intellect that knows and loves and serves God. St. Bonaventure also emphasizes that God made the soul rational, not only that man might return to him, but also that he might bring with him the whole of the lower creation, which attains its highest end in man's inner life. Look at that, beloved. I think back to Genesis 1, Chapter 1, when God created the heavens and the earth and all that's in it, and Adam and Eve. And he created everything first, all the animals first, everything first. And then the height, the top, the cherry on the cake of his creation was man. And every creature was made to serve man. The world follows us in our journey. It too reaches perfection in and through us when we have used it rightly, just as sensible objects are exalted through the knower's spiritual, that is, immaterial reception of their forms, so the soul of man is exalted through his journeying back to God, in whom alone he can find rest. St. Bonaventure teaches that my, I, I'm, I'm so tempted to, to sum things up and maybe clarify or put them in other words or or comment, but there's the music for our first break already, beloved, and if I don't just keep reading this through, we won't get through it, but we will. I'm just going to keep reading it uh, when we come back from the break, and then at the second break, we will um, take your calls, your texts, your emails, um, excuse me a moment uh, and uh, with anything that's on your heart and we will take those um, calls after the second break if you'd like the number ahead of time it's 18775115483 or email at mother at the station of the we'll be right back.
2: LifeSite News is an international news agency devoted to defending life and family and restoring Christian culture. We aim to educate and activate our readers with the information they need to fight the most crucial battles of our day in their churches, workplaces, and families. Our motto is Caritas in Veritate, Love in Truth. We firmly believe that promoting the truth is an act of love, however hard it is to hear. Over the last 20 years, we have built a reputation for uncompromising reporting, no matter the cost. LifeSight News is by far the most popular pro-life website on the Internet, with over 40 million unique users every year and growing. Check us out at lifesightnews.com. The Station of the Cross is committed to providing the best possible listening experience. If you hear something that is different from your expectations, please call 1-877-888-6279. Press 4 and leave a message. That's 1-877-888-6279, then press 4. The number is also on thestationofthecross.com. Let us know your city, date and time, and a brief description of what you heard. We are monitoring the message box 24-7. Thank you for helping us serve you. Hello, this is Father Frank Pavone of Priests for Life. Jesus' mother stood by the cross as he died for us. She had been told that a sword would pierce her own soul, so she bore the suffering bravely. So many abortions happen because mothers are afraid to bear the suffering that comes with fulfilling God's plan for their child. Let's point them to the example of Mary and the strength of Christ that they may choose life. This is Father Frank Pavone, National Director of
0: Priests for Life.
1: right in the middle of an article a wonderful article by Peter I think it's Dr. Peter Kwasniewski um, uh, on the divine artist why learning from St. Bonaventure whose feast day was yesterday um, why the divine artist made a world for us um, and it, it fits perfectly I was saying earlier with where we are in the Baltimore Catechism speaking about God and why he made us and his creation. This is just very, very beautiful. I'm going to continue. St. Bonaventure, who again was, um, uh, which Peter calls the um, greatest Franciscan doctor of the church, and he was a contemporary of St. Thomas Aquinas. He lived in the 1200s. He teaches that the main purpose of the world is to lead the soul to God. Beloved, all that exists Material and immaterial, uh, our souls and and nature, everything exists to lead us to God who made it for us. Everything exists to lead us to God. And so whatever our circumstances are, we need to trust that God knows. He knows our weakness. He knows our frame. He knows our failings. He knows our strengths. He knows our desires. He knows it all. And if he allows it to come into our life, it's to bring us to him. Whether we want to come to him that way or not, it is to bring us to him. Peter quotes from uh, St. Bonaventure. All creatures, whether they are viewed in terms of their defects or in terms of their perfectibility, in voices most loud and strong, cry out the existence of God whom they need because of their deficiency and from whom they receive their completion. Therefore, in accordance with the greater or lesser degree of fullness which they possess, some cry out the existence of God with a loud voice. Others cry out yet louder, while still others make the loudest cry. Everything beloved, the main purpose of the world is to lead the soul to God. He continues, by natural reason, we can see that creatures are ordered and dependent upon higher causes, but without the illumination of faith, it will be difficult to see the specific likeness they bear to God. For example, our reflections may lead us to see the higher powers of the human soul from a triad, which would be memory, will, and intellect, without yielding any indication that they are an image of a triune deity it may be said say Bonaventure quote is quoted quoted here it may be said that knowing the soul is either according to that which it is and this knowledge is of reason or else it is according to that of which it is an image and that knowledge is of faith alone If we need faith in order to discern the image of God in the soul, that which is in a way closest to us, all the more do we need faith to recognize the purpose of the universe at large. In fact, faith is needed no less urgently for the right to you, for the right use of the book of creation, than for the right understanding of Holy Scripture. Oh, The thought of Mother Teresa of Calcutta just floods my soul. She saw Christ in every single human being. Every single human being because of her faith in God and her love for his world and universe. To the eye um, unillumined by grace, the world's beauty will be seen not as a mirror or ladder, but as an end in itself. Perhaps it will be approached as though it were a museum for the collector of curiosities or a public bath for the devotee of pleasures. But it will not be appreciated as an extension of the hand of God inviting man to return to his origin and destiny. And um, St. Boniface says, I wish to warn them, that the mirror of the external world put before them is of little or no avail unless the mirror of our soul has been cleansed and polished. Why must we bear this warning in mind? For as long as our reason is turned toward higher things, it is illuminated, cleansed, and perfected. As long as it gazes upon the eternal laws and the unchangeable character of divine power and equity, it is strengthened and made whole in the good. Yet whenever our reason is turned toward lower things, namely to sensibility and the flesh, it is dragged about and becomes soft. Look what's going on today with the protests. No one sees God in the souls that they are destroying. At the same time, Bonaventure insists that we must never rest content with knowledge. If you wish to know, we're quoting him now, if you wish to know how these things may come about, ask grace, not learning. Ask desire, not the understanding. Ask the groaning of prayer. Not the diligence in reading. Ask the bridegroom, not the teacher. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't it beautiful? No reading of the book of creation or the book of scripture will affect that union of the soul and God that is the crowning completion of man. One might even say... God provides this pair of authoritative books for the sake of awakening man to an end beyond everything he is capable of seeing or knowing in this life. As the scripture says, one of my favorite verses, I have not seen, neither has ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man, the things that are prepared for uh, for them who love him. I love that verse. An end beyond the letter hidden in the depths of the spirit each of god's books serves a, a recollective end it is the author whom we must recollect for nothing other than the beatific beat, beatifying vision of god not the words of his ambassadors or emissaries will satisfy the human heart nothing but seeing god the beatific vision of god To the holy man, the world in its fiery splendor is but the outskirts of the real world, his heavenly inheritance. The world is sweet to the taste, but bitter to the stomach, from Revelation chapter 10. Because it is infinitely less than the supreme good for which man hungers, the sole, S-O-L-E, good, in whom his appetite can rest, Bonaventure implores Christians to imitate the Apostle Paul who held all things as naught, save Christ crucified, who sought not earthly wisdom, but the folly of the cross. That's another verse that I love um, from the book of Romans. No, it's not. It's Philippians, uh, where Paul says that I count all things done for the sake of Christ. All things done. For the sa- as as dung, as you know what that is, for the sake of Christ. Peter continues here: those who heed, um, those who heed the warning, and strive to purify the mind's eye, will see and be guided by the manifold presence of God in the world and in its daily activities. From the constitution of plants and animals to the highest reaches of meditation and discourse to the humblest tasks of homemaking, craft, and labor, St. Bonaventure helps us to see that even if the natural world is not our final home, and we cannot ever be content with it or with our work upon it, it nonetheless has the capacity to draw the mind to God by its beauty and its limitations and to serve as a reminder and a foretaste of the blessings God has in store for those who love him. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard what God has in store, uh, what God has promised for those who love him. And how do we know that we love God, beloved? Um, we cannot judge by our emotions, because many times our emotions... Excuse me. Many times our emotions will tell us we don't love God at all, that we don't love God. We don't love Him enough, for sure, and we don't even love Him. Maybe we haven't been faithful in prayer or certain desires or uh, faithful to the blessings he's given us, or to the promises we've made, or goals we've set. So we say we don't love God, and, and that's not true. Our emotions cannot determine our love for God. I know there was a time that I, years back, um, it was actually through the dark night, but I didn't know that, that um, I knew I didn't love God. I knew, I knew, I knew I didn't love him. You, you can't convince me otherwise. And I read a sentence in a book that said, the desire to love is love itself. It saved my life, that sentence. Because even today, when I fail over and over again, many times, in many different ways, I say, well, I don't love God. That's my problem. If I love God, I wouldn't fail so much. But the point is, I long to love him. I live I don't know what to what degree I love God. I cannot tell you that. I can't tell myself that. But I know that I am consumed with a desire to love him. And the, the author, I think it was John Paul de Cossade, um, said that desire itself is love. It, it saved my life. Beloved, if we desire to love God, that's not a desire from the enemy that's a desire God has put in our heart. And we strive to love him. And, and God receives that desire. Even if we fail a million times, he receives that desire as love. It's so, so fantastic. That, that one thought has kept me. Um, let's see now. I can, I can trace back 20, 20, uh, 20, 33 years, 37 years. 37 years ago i know where i was when i read that 37 years ago the the statement that the desire to love god is love don't worry about your emotions but if it's the di- desire of your heart to love god even though you fail god takes that as love i think we're coming up on our break soon beloved there's the music boy uh, my timing good or what um and so when we come back, we'll have a whole half hour to ourself, um, and you can call in with anything on your heart, not what we're speaking about. It doesn't have to be. It's, it, the heart of the matter is the matter of your heart. And the toll-free number is one 511 5483 or email at mother at com. We'll be right back.
2: Thank you for helping to save the culture. This is Rick Paulini and Father Jacek Mazur. Join us every Sunday morning.
0: We'll be delving into the Diary of St. Maria Faustina and discussing the topics important in your life.
2: Whether you're wrestling with willpower or praying for patience, God uses the Diary to speak to your struggles. So tune in for Divine Mercy in My Soul every Sunday morning at 11. And catch the Encore presentation every Tuesday evening at 8. ufam Jesus, I trust in you.
1: and uh, this is our half hour together. So again, call in with anything on your heart whatsoever. Toll free or text at 1-877-511-5483 um, or email at mother at com. We have an email from Summer and Summer writes, Good morning, Mother. I was listening to your talk from last week on how parents teach their children through their actions I'm a fairly new mother. I have a 21-month-old and a 3-month-old, God bless you, and I am constantly trying to learn how to be the best mother for them I can be. The passage from Father Hardin about how parents are vessels of God's grace for their children hit me particularly hard. I struggle with postpartum depression. And anxiety, and I have been unofficially diagnosed as bipolar type 2. I am not treated with any kind of medicine currently, as I tend to react negatively to new drugs, and I am also breastfeeding. It is an everyday battle for me to have patience and be a good mom. Most days, though I know it isn't really true, I feel like I'm not good enough for them or worthy enough to raise them. And most days, I end up failing them and failing God. What can I do to ensure that even on my dark days, I can show my kids God's love? I have this horrible image of them growing up and remembering their mother as being over-emotional, impatient, closed off, and even cruel okay um you say nothing summer about your husband and his participation or how often he's home because that's going to be a major factor here that's going to be a major factor the degree to which your husband uh assists in the raising of the children and he must he absolutely must um this is very very difficult um i i feel badly for you but again as i said before the break uh the desire to love god the desire to do good the desire to raise your children in a godly home with a godly mother or godly parents that's very very important and god has given you these desires so god knew who you were your makeup your personality, your difficulties, your weaknesses before he gave you these children. So know that God is not surprised by this, and you are not alone. You are not on your own. God will help you. He absolutely will help you. Don't despair, because if you despair, despair is a mortal sin, and you're not there at all. I know that, but it means that you've lost hope in God. Never do that. Um I'm wondering who you have that might be able to help you, assist you with the children, such as uh, your parents or your husband's parents, or um, maybe a really mature, beautiful teenager, maybe from a homeschooling family, someone that could come and, and be a nanny uh, and work with you so that you know, while you're breastfeeding your little three-month-old, um, she can attend to the twenty-month-year, twenty-one-month-old, so that you need help and you don't need to um, uh, feel that you have gone beyond what you can handle. So that would be very important to have a nanny. And and yes, you need to pay her. I ho- you know. Perhaps you can find out a way to do that. But I would suggest that you should not be alone with these two children. Um, for their sake and for your sake, you need, you need help along the way, which means God wants you to have help. Um, the other thing I might think of, Summer, is that even though, um, you react difficult, uh, not well to new medication and you're breastfeeding the baby, you don't want to take the chance, I would go to a doctor, um, who has dealt with postpartum depression and nursing mothers and all of that, and I would speak to the doctor, maybe you already have, and ask him what can help during this time. There might be a medicine that's not for bipolar, not, not so strong, but just that begins kind of a tiny little first dose, and you won't even feel it. And then in time, you can make it a tiny bit stronger and just easy, easily build it up in your system. And maybe it'll simply help you to relax and see life on a brighter side, um, especially if you feel that emotional and is one thing, closed off and cruel is, is another. And I would, I would not let that continue, sweetheart. Um, you're not at fault for this. Uh, postpartum depression comes in all an anxiety, uh, all different manners. And I would definitely get help, honey. But so talk to a, a birth doctor about this and see if he has a solution for a breastfeeding mom. And then, um, you might even go to a psychologist and see that. that person um uh, once a week or twice a month or once a month whatever will help you um they may suggest a medicine again that's just harmless that you won't even know you're taking and yet it'll have begin to have a relaxing effect on you uh a steadying a stabilizing effect on you so uh, talk to people about that and if you don't have a medicine um, the psychologist can help you with ways to deal with this when you're, when you're um, feeling like you're out of control. There might be things he or she could suggest you do in that very moment. And I would say that the least I would hope you could do is to get a nanny. Maybe it could be your own mother, your husband's mother, uh, an aunt, somebody, but not someone who will come in and take over your home. Not someone will tell you, who will tell you how to be a mother. Not someone who will direct and control you. If, you're, if it's not good for you to bring your own mother in, just let the idea go, but find someone uh, that you feel you could bring in. I think that would be important. Um, we have a call from Alex in Buffalo, New York. Hi, Alex.
3: Hi, Mother. How are you doing today?
1: I'm great. How are you?
3: very good thank you um so my 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 question obviously uh, i was just listening to the the segment on saint bonaventure and yes um was uh you know very intrigued and and very inspired by what you were reading from him and um i find sometimes i'm i've been a lifelong catholic but just within the last year i really started trying to uh take my faith seriously and learn about it.
1: blessed be god great
3: Amen. amen, Absolutely. And uh, sometimes I just feel like um, within the Catholic tradition, there's so many good sources and there's so many good saints that I'm kind of at a loss of where to as a newer Catholic. Yeah, Yeah. where to start Mm -hmm. um, and kind of where to look um, with also the caveat that I'm still a student and don't have much money uh, to invest in like a lot of sources mm-hmm. too so if you could uh, gotcha. give me any advice on kind of where to maybe start uh, and kind of look and go from there
1: I'd recommend two books Alex um, but of course you can get the Baltimore Catechism that I'm going through but I'm going to mm-hmm. recommend two books one is the Bible do you have a Bible
3: I do yes and I've been trying to work my way through that and uh, yes. what, what version
1: from... what version Bible
3: uh, I, have a, I have a Dewey Rhymes Bible
1: that's okay all right And the second thing I'd I'd, um, recommend, now this is going to be costly for you, but there's a soft cover, and it's only one book, you don't have to get a bunch, only one book. It's The Catechism Explained. The (coughs) Catechism Explained. Uh, Hold on. I want to see if I have it here. Oh, I don't have it. Uh, where i'm sitting right now but it's um it's actually the council of trent Uh, Mm. but it's it's perfect in the faith nothing to question and are you can get a copy of our current catechism that's all right um but i would suggest that it's if uh, the catechism explained is uh has is highly recommended by Top top men and priests of the church. We have it here, and I do recommend that I'm I'm taking our sisters through it. So um, I don't remember the authors uh, at the Spirago. I think I don't. Uh, Spirago and Clark comes to mind, but I don't uh, know for sure. But Catechism explained. You can get it on Amazon. You get the soft cover. It'll be less expensive. It's still expensive, but it's just one book. And, uh, you know, you might even find it if you go on to a used bookstore like Abe's Books or Loom's Bookseller, L-O-O-M-E-S, Loom's Booksellers, Abe's Books. Um, I forget, there are others. They may have them for sale very inexpensively. And just make sure, you know, you read that it's an unmarked copy and it's in good shape. So either way, you could get it. But it's the Council of Trent and the whole faith explained uh with scripture with church fathers it's ex- it's excellent alex and i'm giving it to you because it's a little more scholarly than our current catechism or reading the Baltimore catechism or other th- other things i think you'll appreciate it You'll have the mind for it, and I think you'll appreciate it. So those are the two books. You don't need anything else right now.
3: Perfect. Thank you very much, Mother.
1: You're welcome, dear one. Have Have a a great day. God bless you. too, sweetheart. Thank you. Um, We have Gina on the line from Boston, Massachusetts. How are you, Gina? Hi, hi, Mother. God bless you.
4: I'm so happy to talk to you.
1: I'm Um, happy you called in, Gina. Thanks.
4: (laughs) I just have a quick question about... Confession, um, cons- um, regarding what
1: the the COVID nineteen situation going on. Yes, I mean uh-huh. I've been doing
4: spiritual confession. Is that that's just as good? I mean I'll let you.
1: It's never just as good. It's never just yeah, as good. Yeah, yeah. But what's happening? Is your are you? Um, do you have a speaker on or a radio on there, Gina? Oh yeah, a speaker. Sorry, yeah. Try to just get back okay. to the phone if you can. Um, yep. Okay, that's much better. Um. Yes. Any time you sin, if it's venial, you can simply confess it to God, and and just you can give yourself some sort of penance if you wish, just to make reparation. Okay. That's fine. Okay. But for mortal sin, you must go to a priest. You absolutely must. Okay.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: All right. So. Um, okay. If you need to go to a priest, and your pre, there are many churches now, since there many of them are opening up. That the priest will hear confession. So I'm in a parking lot. So I'm in a church. Um, there, and you're in Boston. Uh, I, I don't think that there'd be any way you cannot get to confession somehow okay. with a church in your diocese. Okay, that's great. Okay, okay, sweetie. Thank Anything? you. Thank you, bye-bye. Okay, all right, Jean. Was there something else? God bless you. You no, too, sweetie. No, nothing else. I was just concerned. Bye bye. Okay, bye bye. Um. And you know what, Alex, if you're still listening, uh, this, our dear engineer at the Station of the Cross did put up that, um, on the screen here for me to tell you that the Catechism explained is by Spirago and Clark. Spirago, S-P-I-R-A-G-O, and Clark, C-L-A-R-K-E. Um, so that's great. Um, and, um, we have a, a question next from Bernadette, which we're going to get to right after the break. Beloved, this will be our last segment today. Our lines are wide open. If you'd like to call in with anything at all on your mind, um, toll free one 511 5483 or email at mother at crosscom We'll be right back.
2: future of the family is grim as our lady of fatima said the final battle will be for the family it truly seems as though we're in the heat of this final battle and we need your help our mission at LifeSite news is to educate and activate readers with the information they need to defend life and the family and restore christian culture we are currently the most popular pro-life website on the internet with over 40 million unique users every year In the midst of them, the Liturgy of the Hours is also known as the Divine Office and is the daily prayer of the Church. So you know you'll be uniting your prayer with priests, religious, and laity throughout the world. It's comprised of small reflections, readings from sacred scripture, and writings from saints and theologians. To learn more about the Liturgy of the Hours, visit thestationofthecross.com. That's thestationofthecross.com. Pray with us each day at 5 a.m., 3 p.m., and 9 30 p.m. Eastern right here on the station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network.
0: Welcome back, beloved,
1: to Mother Maryam Live. I'm thrilled to be with you again. This is our last segment. We have ten minutes together, and you're welcome to call in with anything on your heart. Toll free one eight seven seven. Let's see one eight seven seven five four eight three or email at mother at cross dot com. We have a question from Bernadette on Facebook, and I'm looking at it. It's really not a question, but Bernadette just is making a point here. Um, that i think is a good one she says god bless those sisters of saint agnes who drilled us every day on the baltimore catechism (laughs) that's great, best book ever written how do i weigh it against the bible i don't but it gives us the essentials and the bible needs interpretation of the magisterium well you're, you're right bernadette if we are our own interpreters of scripture then we uh, will break up into 40-plus um, thousand denominations, which is uh, which is what happened in Protestantism. So I'm glad that you um, uh, not just approve, but are cheering on the Baltimore Catechism. It is outstanding. We have an email from Yvonne who says, I have a question. I need to pray for several people. If I pray for one person at a time, is it more powerful than if I add a whole bunch at once in the prayer um, and she makes the example that if you make lemonade, the more uh, water you add, the more diluted it gets. Well, uh, she says, I often wonder. Uh, we're not comparing to God to lemonade. I, I know you. I know that was as a joke. I often wonder if I should add all of them at once or do them separately. How do we really know? Don't worry about it. Just bring your request to God, Yvonne. Sometimes I've had a list so long of people to pray for. I say, Lord, would you pray for this list, please? Read the list. It's just no way. We have so many things to pray for that every day we go into our rosary to pray for everybody. All our benefactors, all that have asked our prayers, all that have special prayers in special situations, families, the the church, the pope uh the president uh, so many we would be in there two hours we were in there an hour and a half but we would be in there more Uh, we'd never get through it all so we know every day we're praying for a whole bunch of people and um we do that and we add new requests allowed or or special requests even novenas uh, that we we speak about every day but um it it God will not attend to um a prayer for one person more than he'll attend to a prayer for, for eighty people. Um it's good if you can mention their names. It's not necessary, God knows. Um but if there's a very special request with one person, um, I think it's good to, to come to them. Uh, come to god with that particular need um uh, daily as well so i hope that helps but god knows your heart he knows everything and um uh and he he can make a prayer list and say lord i beg you to 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 help the people heal these people um uh, you know, give grace to their souls, help them raise godly families, and, and you don't have to say everyone individually each time. We have um, uh, an email from Yvonne, and oh, we already took that. Let me take the next. Hold on a minute. Um, we have a call, rather, from Josie in Maryland Heights, Missouri. Uh, hi, Josie. Hi, Mother Miriam. How you doing? Well, I'm okay, and how about you?
4: I'm doing really good, and I'm just sitting here so mesmerized by you. And I'm going to keep it short because I know you're coming to the end of your show.
1: Oh, you're a so sweetheart. number
4: one. I wanted to say God bless you uh, a zillion times for your thank you, Josie and bravery, thank and you, for sweetheart. not being a coward and standing up when we uh, need
1: to. At this oh time. no, Josie! I was born in Brooklyn. There's no cowards in Brooklyn.
4: I love it. I'm, 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 going,
1: joking, I'm loving I'm... <laughs> you
4: forever and a day. And I'm going, oh my gosh! I just, I'm like, I'm on your side. Yeah, so what okay. I wanted to ask you really quick, and I know I heard your one talk. It was called um, "Is Our Country Against the Ropes?" That was one of your messages. Mm-hmm. And in there, you had talked briefly about uh, Black Lives Matter. And I don't want to get you in trouble or anything like that because some people are taking things the wrong way. Don't worry. But what I'm saying is, you said Marxism. A lot of people know that word, but they may not understand what it's about. And the ideology—is it possible for for you to ever break that down for the community to know what that means?
1: Can you? Yeah. Do well, that? it's um, it, it comes from Karl Marx. It's the uh, um, it's a it's an economic, political, social. Uh, uh, Policies advocated by Karl Marx, it leads to, it's socialism, same thing, it leads to communism. They're just deeper right. steps, just deeper yeah. steps. Let me see if I can find something more here that's succinct. Um, political economic and social theories well, I already said all that of Karl Marx including the belief that the struggle between social classes is a major force in history and there should eventually be a society in which there are no classes that's, that's the main thing and just about um, in fact Black Lives Matter is exactly about that destroy everything destroy classes destroy government destroy everything what will you do get the police out what will you have you'll have nothing but chaos and everyone will kill each other um and not to have uh I went to Russia when the after the wall came down when communism was disbanded and what an incredible thing uh, there's no individualism there's no um uh, entrepreneurism, nobody can do anything. They're each given a plot of land, a little, little square to grow lettuce and peanuts. And I saw 80 year old women on the street from 8 in the morning till 8 at night selling peanuts or lettuce so that they could eat. It, it's a very horrible system. It is run by the elite and they get everything and they control the masses. Uh, totally, it's not freedom. It's utter, utter slavery. Um, and it's what Russia's about, it's what China's about, only even more severe. It is what has currently uh, destroyed and is destroying Venezuela. There is no system of Marxism, communism, socialism, they're all the same animals, so to speak, um, that has not destroyed a people and a nation. You
4: know what, I appreciate it, I, I just uh, I just love you to pieces, I'm going, how can this be, you know? And I'm going, I've never heard, you know, any clergy speak like this. And I'm, and I'm telling you, this is the time that all of us that truly love the Father, th- that we need to stand up, no matter how hard it is,
1: Well, to stand I tell you up
4: for what's right.
1: Well, I, I love you for, for loving me to pieces. Who doesn't love someone who loves them to pieces? No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> but... but <laughs> No, how cute you are, Josie. But no, I, um, uh, I'm with you. Uh, yes, you have my heart, and it's it's it speaking out so strongly or clearly. I don't try to be strong. I just try to be truthful and clear, uh, not beat around the bush with things because we have to know the truth. It's the truth that sets us free, no matter where it is. And it's the reason why many bishops won't invite our community to their diocese, because they're a bit afraid. So um, uh, thanks to God that we still have freedom of speech. Josie, there's the end of our program. God bless you for calling in, and uh, we'll speak to you all tomorrow.